All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Footwork is brought to you by... The Talent Project is America's bridge to Europe for the elite few, providing opportunities for young American players that they can't get in the United States. We're looking for a few good men. Visit us at www.talentproject.com and see if you qualify. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Aaron Walker is a professional soccer player who currently plays for the Greenville Triumph in the USL League One. Aaron's journey as a professional has been a roller coaster, coming out of a D3 university and having to prove himself, to then making it, to back to square one on multiple occasions, and yet still finding the determination to make it again and again. We really appreciated this story. Enjoy. So, Aaron Walker, welcome to Footwork. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so we always like to start off with this. Our motto here is make your own path. Essentially, you know, you're following your dreams and not withheld to any normal roots if they don't fulfill you. So what does making your own path mean to you? And how do you feel like you've done that? Wow. Um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty oh, go deep right away. Just go right in. It's a pretty unique thing for me. I mean, obviously, like that that's how I identify um, different than a lot of people. I think is my path is very unique. It's, it's important to me to, to show that there's not one way to do it. And I think that a lot of times people get caught up and see obviously on social media and everything like that. Um, and it's a cliche, but you can, you can see what people do and there's a typical path of how to, you know, play professionally and, um, I think it's, it's easy to go down a rabbit hole when it doesn't work out perfectly, but, um, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. And that's something that I wish I knew a little bit better when I was younger and, uh, how to handle that. But yeah, I mean, the, the path is, is quite unique. Um, having, having to trial around the, you know, the world, um, not having a team right away out of college, um, just it shows you what you're about and you know if you want it bad enough you just got to keep going so love it now continue on those deep questions who are you where were you and where are you going i am aaron walker um from atlanta georgia 32 years old uh currently a midfielder for the greenville triumph and usl league one i played in college at Oglethorpe University, a small division three school um, in Atlanta. Uh, again, speaking to that unique path, going to a really small D3 school, which I think not a lot of people um, that play professionally do. And, you know, it was a great experience for me. Um, I can't say it was 100% my first choice. I was looking at quite a few other schools, but um, it ended up working out that way. Um, I wanted to actually get a little farther away from home. I ended up being like 30, 45 minutes close to home and mm-hmm. it was a little too close for me. I was ready. <laughs> it was a little too much. You were trying to really rip that bandaid off, huh? I was ready to get out. I wanted, I actually wanted the opposite. I wanted to go far away from home and I wanted a big school. Um, mm-hmm. I went to actually like a relatively bigger high school, but played there for four years. 
um, trialed around, went to combines, USL combine, soccer visa combine, just every, you know, everything you could think of, you name it, personal trials, preseasons, invite onlys, um, and then eventually uh, signed with a team in Iceland for a year. Um, in the first division, it was an awesome experience. Came back, uh, had a little trouble finding a team again. Then I signed in FC Cincinnati, which at the time they were in USL, um, which is now, I guess, USL Championship. And now they've moved on to the MLS since then. And took another year off, had trouble finding a team again. And now I've been with Greenville Triumph for four years. So that's where I am currently. Um, where am I going? I just want to continue to progress my career. Um, and that's just wherever I'm happy. So. Mm. Love that. There's so many things I think we'll get into. I mean, in this story, a lot of, it seems like a roller coaster ride. One thing I kind of wanted to touch on is especially, I mean, I assume that you had aspirations to, to go pro or to go as far as you could at a young age. And I think a lot of players, when they get into those years of looking at colleges, they start to think, Oh, if I'm not recruited at a very high level by a D one school, a big D one school that, that, opportunity kind of shuts off and let me just focus on academics which is fine its own right but how was that for you kind of seeing what was out there seeing what was available choosing the college that you ended up choosing and still having those aspirations where I can do it no matter the school or no matter the label of the school that I go to yeah I think when when you grow up playing here in America there's a typical path and I think you see like you go D1, you can get drafted and then fall through the cracks or, you know, get drafted and stay where you are. And um, I had always wanted to play professionally. I, I don't know if I, looking back, was as dedicated as I should have been um, in terms of coming out of high school, club, being recruited, um, putting in all the effort that I should have. And I think it could just be me being hard on myself, but uh, I always kind of look back and think I could have done more, like, regardless. Um, we'll get into that another time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think there's a typical path. And I think it's just, like, everyone's is so different that I think you have to really, like, not just get fixated on what that is. And I think people do that way too often. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Oglethorpe was, ended up being a really good choice for me It the coach played professionally for a number of years. He, he knew the game very well and he taught me a lot, you know, um, positional responsibility. Um, I had to play multiple positions there. So I had to learn quite a few, um, you know, roles and he helped me adapt. And I think that's translated and helped me, you know, into this path for sure, because you never know what you're going to be called on to do. And, and you have to understand what's going on all over the field. You can't just be, focused on what your role is. And I think, you know, kind of going off a, on a tangent there, um, it's, it was a great experience for me. And I think looking back, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't say, hey, no, I want to go back and go D1 because I think things happen for a reason and I'm here now. And, um, you know, you can pick up little tips from everyone along the way. So um, good experience for me, different path, but um, I wouldn't change it. Do you feel you, like having – go ahead, Sean, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead, though. 
I was just going to say, do you feel like having all of those ups and downs throughout the career and kind of having, I guess, the, well, the setbacks and also maybe the less chance of succeeding, do you feel like that made it that much more worthwhile and thus more grateful for how it turned out? Yeah, without a doubt. I think, I think the adversity um, has kind of made me a lot more headstrong and like toughened me up a bit and um, you know, I was raised with tough love, but I think like having that in, in my corners helped a ton as well. And, um, just prepared me for, for what's going on here. So, yeah, I definitely think, um, the, the trials and tribulations have, have, uh, gotten me and just kind of pushed me a little bit more. And now I, I feel more grateful to where, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, making my friends and family proud and myself proud and, I think that's a big thing for me. Just my family put a lot of sacrifices um, in for, for me to be where I am now. And I think that's, that's definitely a, a huge reason on why I'm still going. Yeah. And I want to, I mean, you said, you mentioned it, that maybe you could have done more, but when was, when was it that you really committed to saying that, you know, after I graduate college or maybe you had the idea of maybe I'm not going to graduate and go early to pursue the professional game? Um, I'd say, when I finished, I don't know, like you, you leave school and you're like, kind of like, okay, like something will fall my way. And I think a lot of people think that way. Um, and then you're just in the dark and you're listening and you're like, what's gonna, you know, what's gonna pop up. And sometimes nothing does, which was the case for me. And I'm like, listen, if I want this, I'm gonna have to put my head down and work. Cause it's not gonna, it's not gonna come to me. Like, a, you know, when you leave a big school, um, that can happen. And I, I, I think probably, probably a year after I graduated would be the time where I'm like, you know, I had, I was playing at, you know, NPSL and PDL and all that stuff, but I was just like, I don't think I'm doing enough. And I really like buckled down, started training way more extra work, extra fitness. Um, and just was like, look, if you're going to do this, it's, it's you're going to have to kick it into gear because these paychecks are, are not cutting it. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you start to look at that degree and you're like, huh, oh, yeah. maybe that, time to use that. That's the tough thing for me too, is like, I was fighting that so hard because I just, yeah. I don't see myself being a guy that can sit behind a desk day in and day out constantly and, and that be my job. And I just was like, fight. That was another bit of motivation for me too. I'm like, listen, I, I finished in business. I have that to fall back on, but I want to play so bad. So I was like, mm. you can't just, there's no substitute for work. Like none. You're going to yeah. either put it in or you're not going to get anything. At least that's how it was for me. So. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, usually we would start with now, but I kind of want to stay a little bit on this transition period coming out of college, because I think all three of us share some similarities in terms of doing the the tryouts, doing the combines, doing the invite only, doing the open ones, which are mostly scams in, in my opinion. But for you coming out of college, can you just kind of take us towards all of the things that went into it, all of the chances, all the possibilities, all of the no's to then finally get in your first chance? Yeah, um, went to I'm just trying to think back it's honestly like tough to remember it's so long ago it's like first, 
Do you think you could like count how many combines tryouts? Like if you put them under one umbrella, do you think like you could even like estimate? I could, I could probably estimate. I'd say about probably four combines and then maybe three or four invite onlys or maybe five preseasons. Mm-hmm. So like maybe 10 total, somewhere in that range. The including- hotels, the flights, oh, all of these things that come with it, man. The, the hotels, the flights, the just the weird situations you're in a you're in so many it's just the the life of the unknown and i think that's what's so tough and also speaks to the adversity portion of it there's just so many things you you go into and it's like you can't control it and i think that's so tough but it's also you come out the other side with such a valuable lesson learned that you know you can get through a lot of things but yeah i it definitely the money started to add up and again speaks to what i was referring to with like look you're gonna have to give yourself every chance here because you can't keep spending this money yeah Yeah. no it makes sense and we get a lot of questions from young guys like asking us um should we do these combines should i do this and i think it's always there's no right answer there's no wrong answer for a lot of them i think it depends on what you can do the level you're trying to get yourself through but i think it's important for guys to realize like where you are now didn't come from coming out of college and then finding your way into the USL and kind of staying there. This was a lot of no's in that process and a lot of money in that process. I mean, how did you, how did you reflect on this? Because it can be quite hard to hear no so many times, but still have that faith in yourself that the yes, all I need is that one. Just trusting in, in your ability and, like I said, I think putting in the work gives you that confidence when you're prepared. I think you, you feel a lot better about what you're doing. And I think I knew I was good enough. I just had to get in front of the right person and having that confidence is huge. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of no's in the beginning and, and a lot of like, Oh, you are like, you know, you're well good enough, but you know, we're just not looking for this or for that. And, you know, maybe they were just speaking through their teeth, but at the end of the day, you a little bit of hope and I knew like in these things I was doing well and hopefully standing out it just wasn't working but that's that's how it goes you know I think going back to the thing about should I go to this combine should I try this if you have the I guess it's tough to say because everyone's financial situation is different too but I think getting in front of as many people as possible is just you can't lose doing that I mean it's huge like because maybe you didn't impress at that time, but maybe three or four years down the road, you've already had a pro contract and someone was at that combine and they were like, Oh, I remember this guy. And then maybe that helps you get a contract with them the next, you know what I mean? Like it's just building connections is huge in anything in life. And I think getting in, getting in front of as many people as possible is there's really no downside. And how did you finally get the first contract? So I went to, couple combines usl um there was another one too and then i went to a couple soccer visa ones um with joe funicello i went to the first one and thought wow i just did like so well i thought i played very very well crickets heard nothing and and he spoke and he said there were some guys that were interested 
but they just don't need you at this time. They're, they're not looking to fill that position, whatever. Like there wasn't a ton of, you know, hard interest. So I was like, okay, a little defeated. Um, and I went to another one. I got injured at the combine, like pretty badly injured. I had like, oh, a, yeah, like, like a basically a high ankle sprain, but I had some torn ligands, ligaments in my ankle. Um, and I, and that was the second day and the first day I thought I did really well again. So I was like, okay, here we go back to the drawing board. And then the third one I went to with him, there was a team from Iceland that was scouting and that was definitely the, the best combine that I had. And I was like, okay, this surely something's going to come here. And I remember the guy approaching me and talking to me about, Hey, we want to bring you over here, get a closer look. So originally it wasn't even just offered a contract. It was, we want to bring you on trial, you know, we'll book your stuff, come over. Um, and we want to get you in front of the team and train, see how you do. I was like, okay, so here it is. Here's a sniff and went over, thought I did pretty well again, but there was another, it was me and another center mid on trial. Um, and his resume was just far and above better than mine. So I was like, you know, obviously a little like here, you know, here we go. Like with what you see with most of the, most of those things is they end up taking, you know, the guy with a better resume. He had, he was from England, had played in a lot of like high level academies. He had played for that Nike FC that was on like, I think it was on TV or something. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he was a good player. And I was like, okay, like this is going to be tough. And I thought I did pretty well. And then I remember the day before we were leaving, um one of the like assistant managers took me to coffee and i was like oh he's just gonna tell me you know maybe it's he's great he's breaking up with me exactly this is it this is how it ends it's not you it's me so yeah yeah. (laughs) um, you know i just like i thought i did well i thought i did better than the other guy but as again Mm -hmm. like the back of my mind i was like this guy's he's first of all he's foreign you know this is an icelandic team and he's in England, the passport situation, it's just going to be easier. And then uh, he told me, he's like, look, we thought you did really well. We, we love how you see the game. We want to, you know, sign you. And I was just like, wow. Like that was, it was just crazy words to hear after all of the years of putting in work, you know what I mean? So that was, uh, that was how the first contract went and the rest was history. It feels like. I love free- that. But that years. was a great, great tasting coffee. Oh, so unbelievable. I still remember exactly where I was sitting in that coffee shop. Yeah. I sure. bet. Amazing. I bet, man. That's amazing. I love to hear those like first I made it stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's an accumulation of a lot of, like we said, a lot of no's, a lot of self-confidence, a lot of support from the family and everything. And it's kind of like that moment is not just a win for you, but it's like a win for everyone that believed in you and supported you. And you kind of, I'm sure you wanted to share that moment immediate immediately with them exactly yeah and it's crazy like thinking back on it too like just I hadn't really thought about it in so long and just like speaking it out right now like I it's crazy to, to even yeah. think there's so many details in there that I'd forgotten about that just came back to me you know what I mean so it's mm-hmm. cool let's dive into some details yeah. then for that first professional contract because I mean going to a place like Iceland there's a lot of new sensations there's a lot of new pressures, sacrifices, responsibilities. You're working under new coaches. You're away from your family in a much colder place than, than Atlanta. 
I mean, maybe alone at some points, but also meeting a lot of new people, new teammates. And I know Veltri is like pretty, it's pretty out there, isn't it? In terms of Iceland. Yeah. So it was at the time they had changed the name right after I left at the time it was called BI Bowen Garvik, which is kind of okay. a mouthful, but um, it's, it's up there. It's like on the Northwest coast in the fjords, yeah. like very desolate, not a lot going on. Obviously uh-huh. people know about Reykjavik and it's probably what, three or four, what three hours from Reykjavik up up in the middle of nowhere wow. yeah it was uh just getting like craned and picked up and dropped into into a spot <laughs> like that was definitely an eye-opener but it was just so cool it was small small town um right when I first got there you know Iceland was in the winters 20 hours of dark and four hours of light so it was just very very strange it was a complete flip from being in Atlanta. So, but no, it was unbelievable. It was such a unique experience. And I think it like going overseas for a first contract, like kind of gave me a lot to learn and bring back and Mm -hmm. just being immersed in a culture. Like we spoke about earlier, like in Europe where that's the sport and that's, what's the focus and you're in it, like living it day in and day out was just so cool. What were some of those things that you took away when you when you eventually left Iceland? Just a new like perspective on the game, I think. Like how much these people truly love it, how passionate they are about it, and how every game is like just live and die. And I think like that's something that's shaped me for sure. Like not wasting time when you when you have time on the field to play, like being a hundred percent in it and focused and like just the way we played too it was just like the passion I don't know like it was just it's hard to speak and I I know you guys probably feel the same way being over there um just like how much it means to them and and I think that like the game means so much to me but I think that just made it so much stronger being over there in terms as a player what do you feel like some of the things that especially in those first months I would say or some of the things that you realize maybe I need to work on a little bit more. Okay, here's what I can bring that's different in this game. And then how do you feel like that accumulation of that season really kind of catapulted you a bit more as a player? Yeah, I uh, I think the the when I got there, the speed of play was, you know, eye opening. It was mm-hmm. it was a lot faster than than I thought it was going to be, and um the physicality side of it too was a huge thing I, th- I didn't realize like these guys are serious and it was just cool to be thrown into the fire like that almost and I ended up playing with um some really good players and, and a guy next to me in the middle um who I'll speak about later um it, it, he taught me so much about just little little subtleties of the game and he had played at a high level so I think the the eye-opening things, like I said, speed of play and, and physicality were were uh, it it took it some time to get adjusted, but I think I adjusted pretty well. Footwork.club, the official website for all things footwork is now live. Check out all footwork podcast content, including episodes, guest features, and YouTube videos. The press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. 
game time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation signup. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the footwork shop. We got some of the best merch around as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. And what about outside of football? I mean, you you wanted to in college or when going to college to get far away from home and yeah. it happened here. I mean, you yeah. you went across the Atlantic into the middle of nowhere. How was um, adapting to a new place like this, far away from home, everything's new, different culture, different types of people, 20 hours of darkness? Yeah, yeah. L- luckily, the 20 hours of darkness only lasted like a month or so. And then the, through the summer, it flips. So it's, yeah. right. it's light. So it's amazing. 20 hours and dark. So it's blackout curtains are a must. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Very, very big box. Sleeping. But I, I, honestly, I, I like, I remember it not being like too difficult. Like I just, I feel like I'd just been with all the, like the crap that I'd gone through to try to get there. I was just like, I'm finally here. I'm, I'm soaking it, soaking it in. Like I'm loving every moment of this thing and being away from home wasn't the hardest thing for me. And I don't know if that's bad to say, but I just was, I don't know, like a pretty independent guy and I was ready to get away and, and chase this dream. And I was a, I was there and I think I was just so like immersed and focused on what was going on around me that I just didn't really think too much about, you know, obviously my family is super important to me and we're able to keep in contact back home and my friends as well. But I was just like trying to absorb every little thing that was right in front of me and just be present. So I, looking back, I feel like that's, that's kind of where my head was at. I was just enjoying every moment. Sounds like the perfect place for your head to be at though. I mean, it's like, and it makes sense though, all of those setbacks, ultimately you get it. It's like, I'm not going to complain now that I got it. It's like, I'm going to be here and soak up all of this right now. Do you feel like if you got it right out of college, you would have the same mentality? I know it's a difficult what if question, but. No, I think that's a great question. I think that's, that's quite possibly it couldn't, it could have been different. And I think mm. just getting maybe handed, like not handed, that's not fair to say, but having that stereotypical path, which I think a lot of guys end up having, they end up burning out early and they're the ones that kind of are working the jobs behind the desk now, some of them. And I think if I would have gone over there right away, still young, which which I was still young at the time, but I had a few years of experience and and things I had to go through. um, I think if I would have got it right away, it might not have been the same experience. I think, you know, missing my friends and family would have probably been harder. Um, just seeing all, you know, when you see all your friends and the things they're doing back in the States, and I know you guys can mm. probably attest to this, like it's tough and there's, there's sacrifices in anything, but, um, at that age, I probably wouldn't have had the same, the same outlook for sure. And nothing like a warm welcoming to uh, the first contract. I, I had the same thing happen, but a nice relegation. It's never, uh, it's no, nothing we know about in the U.S., but it's, uh, yeah, it's not a good time when you're in it. It's horrible. It really is yeah. horrible. It's, uh, the worst part is our team was actually really good and it just did not click. And I like truthfully feel like we, if we did it all over again, we would have been in a different spot, but 
again, speaking to some of the things that I've brought back here, the passion and like the, just how every game matters, obviously over there with promotion relegation, every game does matter. And, and it's the approach to the games is just so like the feeling is just so different. It's awesome. It's just like, everyone is just, it's just do or die. And I think that I really, really wish the States would, would pick that up. And I think it's on the way here soon, but um, yeah, we had a tough go Re- getting relegated was, it's a horrible feeling, especially when you can't, con- when you can't control it. You know, we knew it was going to happen as we started slipping to the very bottom of the table and only a couple of games left and things can go sour very quickly. And it, like, when you're high, you're high, but when you're low, it's, it's very low. And it's, it's, it's a dark place for a lot of, a lot of the team and, you know, attitudes change, negativity creeps in. It's just, uh, you know, I'm sure you can, you can, you know, pick up what I'm putting down here, but it, it gets, it gets difficult, especially when you're in a place like I was where it's just a small town and the whole town's behind you and they live and die this, this team. And, you know, letting them down was brutal too. So could you feel it like going out or, or anything going into the streets and or maybe not in the, in the little press or anything, but just kind of feeling like you had the responsibility of this small town and it was kind of, you could feel it. Like you said, you could feel it. The signs were kind of the writing was on the wall. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when the town was behind us early on and they still were behind us through the end, but it was just like feeling like we're letting them down was, was pretty, pretty tough. And especially towards the end of the year when you're, you know, walking around and stuff like that, everyone kind of knew everyone almost. It was Mm -hmm. a couple thousand people at most. So it's like, you know, people know what's going on and the aura changes a little bit. And especially me being a foreigner, it's like, they're like well, who's this guy that's come over here like we had quite a few americans so i wasn't the only one but it's, it's like who's who are these people coming over here and like ruining our team you know what i mean and you're just like oh boy like i'm just here, i'm just want to get you know i just want to water please like <laughs> so <laughs> to go. yeah going to oh god like but no it's it wasn't like that big of a deal but it's still like the feeling of of coming over and then letting them down was was not ideal do you feel like if you stayed up that you would have been there for that for a second year on the contract potentially yeah yeah i think so i think they they kind of wanted to clean house reevaluate their finances um obviously when you get relegated things change financially quite a bit um so yeah potentially i think it could have happened and then we come back to yeah. Sorry, Sean. Before that, Sorry, before Sean, that. how you did you develop your game throughout that season? And what is what are some noticeable things you took back or took to your next opportunity? I think kind of how to bring other players into the game as a central midfielder, something that I learned a lot in that in that season. And how to be smarter with your energy. Um rather than working harder I think I've always kind of worked hard and like been pretty fit and I you know pride myself on that but um talking about the guy that I played next to he he taught me a lot and I think like 
you can't just go crazy and run around in there. You have, you have a positional responsibility and you, you have to, to know how everything you do affects the guys around you. So I think that's something that I really, really fine tuned that year and kind of um, learned, you know, like tactically what, what, what is my responsibility? And I think that that helped me um, for sure as my career progressed. Yeah, makes sense. And as the career progresses, there's another area, there's another transition, I would say, because um, getting that first professional contract and then there's another waiting period, I think could be a very difficult time in a footballer's journey because you feel like at this point I made it. I don't necessarily need to, I shouldn't have to, I guess, do these things. And uh, maybe it's a little bit of ego that we get from that first contract, but it, it makes sense. Like I've put in the work and I've gotten to this point and I've gotten it. I mean, hopefully you would think I would get the next one without having to go back and doing combines and things. But again, as we learn, a lot of these things don't come as, as they're planned or how we expect them to. So after that year in Iceland, where is your head at coming back, not having a contract and kind of having to do very similar things as if you hadn't really even gotten that contract? Yeah, uh, you're spot on. It's, I think it's easy to get carried away when you have a, you have a contract and you're like, oh, I made it. I got my foot in the door. And I mean, that really doesn't mean anything. Things change so quick in this game and you have to be ready for, for all the ups and downs and coming back, being relegated on top of struggling to find a contract was a tough spot to be in mentally. Um, And having to to grind again and knowing what I did to just earn that first contract was like, I'm going to have to climb this mountain again. You know, luckily it didn't take too long, but still like that feeling of, Oh, I'm going to have to prove myself once again is, it's pretty daunting. So yeah, it's, it was interesting to say the least, but it wasn't the only time I was going to have to do it. Yeah. There you go. I guess the experience that you already yeah. had kind of helped you. And then also the experience in Iceland probably helped you in these, these trials and combines because you do get scouted at one and you end up at FC Cincinnati. So how did that kind of come into fruition? Yeah, it was another, another um, combine soccer visa combine where the, the, the assistant for FC Cincinnati at the time saw me. And again, another situation where, he approached me, we chatted and he said, Hey, I want to, you know, get another look at you. So again, wasn't a, a sure thing. It was like, Hey, you're at this first stage of the combine and now we want to get a, a look at you privately. So it's not a contract. It's I'm going to have to take another step and prove myself in front of them. So he said, Hey, we have like an invite only trial um, coming up in the winter. We'd love to see you there, whatever. So I go home from the combine, have a little bit more time, pack up my stuff, end up driving up to Cincinnati, staying in another hotel um, for a couple of days, doing that invite only. And then by the end of it, they offered me the contract. And, and then I was like, okay, like I've, I've officially like made it, got my foot in the door. This is incredible. Um, not getting too far ahead, but fast forward a year later, uh, I leave Cincinnati. The NASL folds that same season. There's a premium on players, premium on teams, and 
again, find myself in a spot where I'm struggling to make a team. And I, and I'm thinking to myself, how is this, how's this happening? Yeah. I just, I just played for two teams, let alone a, a bigger name in FC Cincinnati. And I thought again, I was like, good. I was like, you know, I'm fine now. I've made it for sure. And then lo and behold, things don't work out. You know, agents try to get you places, but they already have their guys and it's just so connection based. And one thing leads to another and I'm out of a contract again. So square one. Man, tough, yeah. tough to hear. Tough to hear two <laughs> I made it moments and still on the third one, it's like, uh, you know, you have to you have to get a third one. So yeah. two I made it moments. And I, I think there was something in there, too. I mean, uh, I don't know if you, maybe you could touch on this, but you were brought in by um, a guy who actually brings you into to Greenville as well. The U.S. legend and John Harks. And from reading on it, it seemed like he was he was hired or was there previously. Maybe I can't remember, but you were brought in and a month later, so he was out the door. So yeah. it's kind of that thing of like, you're bringing in, you're being brought in on a coach's confidence. Now the, 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 the script flips and it's like square one, it's having the contract, but you're in square one a little bit again, where you have to like prove who is this guy. Exactly. Yeah. I, it's like every time I, I get over that proverbial wall, there's another one waiting for me, you know, five feet away. So it's like, okay, here we go. I get there and John saw something in me and I was very appreciative of that. And so they bring me into FC Cincinnati and then, um, you know, a bit through preseason, him and the club split ways mutually and they bring in a new guy. Um, and the new guy just obviously with any, with any coach has his players that he's had in the past that he wants. So he brings, he brings a handful of his guys in, but he also, you know, he had a ton of talent on, on this team already. And it was just tough to find a spot and he didn't value me, which is part of the game. Everybody sees the game differently and everybody has different traits that they value in a center mid. And he just didn't value me. Like he valued the other guys. And um, so John leaving, he comes in tough to find playing time. And like I said, fast forward and I'm back to back to square one. So yeah, yeah. it was interesting. And them not picking up the option, obviously maybe you saw the writing on the wall because you weren't playing so much, but how did you balance the rejection or maybe even the fact that you weren't playing much understanding or did you understand at the time that this is just the environment, you know, this certain situation is not the best for me. I just need to get into a new place. That's a great question. Um, the way I approach the situation, I think is, important because I think a lot of people could could learn to do this a little bit more is just not to burn any bridges and I think it's it's not playing a ton with this coach a lot of people I feel like would be like oh this guy's you know he, he doesn't know the game he doesn't you know just bad mouth him whatever what have you but you never know what could happen down the line <clears throat> so bowing out respectfully is important um, and I think I did that pretty well but speaking to what you said there just a second ago, like it was more of a moment where I was like, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. You know, it wasn't like a, I didn't, I didn't know what I know now where it's like a situational thing. Like you said, I, I didn't feel, you know, like the environment, you know, maybe it, maybe it isn't the environment. Maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Cause this is the second time this has happened. Um, obviously knowing what I know now, it's great, but um I wanted it. So I'm just going to keep chasing. So is that, is that kind of 
in your eyes, I guess, maybe one of the remedies for that, that creeping doubt is to put the head down and to work and just to focus on the things that you can control in that moment, I guess. Yeah, for sure. For me, it was just like burying my head in the work, you know, like just keep, you know, if, if this is what you want, like you have no excuse to, to not put everything into it. So whatever you're going to do, do it to the best of your ability. There's no point in, in not doing that. You're just wasting time. We, mm -hmm. we don't have a ton of time, you know, on the earth. Like it sounds cliche, but I don't want to look back and, and be like, well, well, you know, have any huge regrets. So I think burying my head in the work and just being put my head down and be like, let's keep going. Let's do this. This is what you want. So take solace in that. If, if this is what you want, just keep going. Yeah, it's well said, man. Absolutely. Because then we we reach this square one again for the third time. So we're out of the contract in FC Cincinnati. Um, I know you played a little bit MPSL around your your hometown with Atlanta Silverbacks. Um, still trying to get that next break again back into the professional game. So we actually have a we have a question from a fan here. You may know him. His name's Jake Keegan, and he wrote in he wrote in to us. Um, oh, Kind of, kind of coming off of what we were just saying here was his question is prior to your arrival in Greenville, was there any point where you considered hanging up the boots and what went into your mental fortitude to keep going amidst the setbacks that you were facing? There wasn't a moment where I was ready to hang it up. There's no way. Not, not, not yet. Uh, maybe had I gone another year of not finding anything, maybe I would have started to think about it. But again, like I said, that it was like, this is what I wanted so badly. This is my passion. Um, just how much I love the game. I can't quit now. So I like, as much as it made sense to probably do it, hang it up. I was like, I it didn't even cross my mind because it's just like, it, there's no way I could break up with the game at that stage. So mm -hmm. no, there's no breakup coffee at that point. Love that. No. It's a good question from Jake, though. Yeah, it's it's good. I like guy. I like I like when the fans write in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that brings us, I mean, to where this kind of link came from. Since we're good friends with Keegs, is um, you guys were both a part of that inaugural season or the inception season for Greenville, and it kind of comes back to some things that we touched on this episode about. I mean, I, I guess there was no point where you were going to burn bridges with John Harks, especially because he was let go, but just the connection based of it, just not knowing who in this game is going to be able to help you again and just to always have and build those bridges and maintain them and maintain all the things that you're doing that make you the player that he saw and originally saw and wanted you and why he wanted you to come to FC Cincinnati. So back to square one again, back to another break moment three in your career which is amazing I have to say at the very least so what was this one like this one compared to the other ones and then you know how does it feel to be here major home here since yeah um that was a it was a much tougher you know spot to be in after not figuring something out again but I, uh, after Cincinnati, but I knew it was, it was a tough situation that a lot of guys are in. I knew quite a few guys that had to end up playing in PSL for a summer just to stay sharp. Um, 
and that that helped me and then Greenville comes along still kind of in touch with John occasionally and I remember um seeing him get the job and we had touched base and he was just like hey you know we want to want to have you come up and chat or something like that if I can remember correctly um and so I they had like a some kind of open tryout inaugural open tryout so I came out watched we ended up going to lunch and John John and I didn't have a whole lot of experience together so that was the that was the unique thing is he, he only saw me play for like a month and and since then it had been quite a while you know quite a chunk of time so he he didn't really know much to go off of um but John's a big he's a big character guy he's big on like how you're going to fit in the locker room he's big on what kind of person you are and I drove up there and um we chatted we had lunch and I think it was like it was like three hours we just caught up and had lunch and I remember I remember exactly like where we were like what we talked about because it was a pivotal moment in my career and um I remember I left the lunch and he was like you know I I kind of would like to see you play because I don't know like a lot of what I'm getting especially after being out of the game but I think you driving up here two and a half hours um chatting and seeing you know what's inside your mind shows a lot about you so I think you know we want to offer you a contract and I was just like blown away I was like wow like the connection helped um and and it's just been awesome since like it's Greenville's felt like home to me. It's, it's been a special place. The community has been so awesome behind the team and, um, you know, love it here. And I mean, we'll, we can go with them now. Another great season with them, 27 games, four goals to assist, probably maybe a little more to be desired uh, because you guys did play really well in the regular season. Um, but in the end didn't win it all. Um, how do you reflect on the season and, and how are you spending your off season? Um, it was an up and down season. I'd say, I think we, we had a lot of injuries. We had a lot of guys popping in and out of lineups. Um, I had a few knocks that, you know, I was quite frustrated with because I felt like when I was fully healthy, it was like the sharpest, my like soccer brain has been. Um, I feel like I just kind of get better in terms of learning the game, understanding what's going on around me every year uh, with more experience. So, the the injuries part was tough um we we struggled to find consistency in our results i think because we had to chop and change so much um but yeah like losing in the semifinal was brutal um i had a calf injury that kept me out of it and another great learning experience for me um as as painful as it was to watch from the sideline um gives me another perspective and fuel to the fire um to come back for another year and play um as far as my off season goes just enjoying my time off at the moment working back from the injury um starting to run and, and touch the ball but you as you all know you can only stay away from the game so long and mm. it's it's tough when you when you you want to rest the body the older you get but it's also like just the the joy you get from juggling and and just getting on the ball training is just, it's just a different feeling. So yeah. I'm starting to do that a little bit and, and uh, spend quality time with friends and family, which is important because during the season, 
it's tough to do and it gets harder I think every year um, being away from friends and family um, as you start to creep up in age you start to feel like oh I missed out on a lot which again the sacrifices and I wouldn't change it but spend some quality time with friends and family and and then just start to get ready for the new year and hit the ground running you know like really really hungry to lift the trophy and and I think that that semifinal loss has left a bitter taste in my mouth and I know a lot of other guys mouths that are ready to get back and get going yeah I can't imagine and hopefully hopefully you beat Keegs next next year but um we'll say it's been over I think 100 104 but it's over 100 games now for Greenville in total competitions how do you feel like your role as a leader has developed and how do you approach something like leadership yeah it's it's the response it's a lot of responsibility but it's just the responsibility that i want and i I think like keeping hopefully doing a good job of keeping guys um where they need to be mentally not just on the field and and uh you know like what their roles are but just it's these seasons are long and I think you, you got to bring guys along and help help guys along because that especially the guys that haven't done it. Um, but being being a leader, it's it's actions. It's if you if your actions don't line up with what you're saying, you people lose respect. And I think you have to you can't just say all the cliches and and be you know good at motivating and stuff like that. You actually have to to have your actions line up with that. And I feel like I try to do that daily when I go out to train, Um, you know, by the way that I try to treat my body throughout the season um, through the week, it's just be, be like, you know, a leader with how you carry yourself, not just what you're saying, I think is, is extremely important. So. And having been with Greenville for four seasons now, do you miss the uncertainty and the traveling and not knowing what will be next? As weird of a question as that is. No, I think that's a really good question because it, <laughs> I think it's a really good question because as much as the, as much as the, like having, being able to take a deep breath in the off season and say, and know what's going on, there is like a small, tiny, tiny bit of you that as much as the, negative anxiousness of not knowing what's going on there's like a tiny bit of positive anxiousness of you know like what what am, what am I going to do what am, where am I going to end up you know what I mean so I think I think that's a good good thing I, I'm still very happy um you know knowing what's going on um but yeah that's a it's that there's like a two percent of me that's like not knowing what else is out there like or not not necessarily not knowing what else is out there, just like not knowing where you're going to end up is a very, mm-hmm. as scary as it is, I think there's a little tiny bit of it that it's like almost exciting. Exciting, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we can emphasize with that for sure, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into our fast feet round, I want to kind of to end with this reflection on this journey so far. So what things would you say helped you get to this po- this moment? So I guess in other words, why did Aaron Walker make it? I think surrounding yourself with the right people is huge. Um, I think understanding that you're going to have to make sacrifices and it's going to be difficult for most people. And 
not getting caught up in and seeing other people's paths like we said is a massive bit of it but i think like it really all just comes down to being genuine and putting in the work like okay i mean i i always revert back to there's no substitute for putting in the hours and i just like i am a firm believer on that and and you it's not the same for everybody some people are now naturally gifted but along with along with putting in the work you got to be a you know I, I like to think of myself as a pretty good person so i think you you have to you know be a decent person because you can have all the talent in the world but if you don't gel with a lot of people or you know you burn bridges or you don't carry yourself the right way you can fade out of the game quickly so i think a combination of a lot of things it's hard to pinpoint one but those are some of the things i think that help me be successful for sure Love it. Now let's get into our <clears throat> fast feet round. A little, a few quick fire questions. Favorite player growing up? <laughs> oh. Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard. Oh, I could have seen that just from seeing yeah. some games and watching some highlights. Same. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Nice. I appreciate that. I just something about like, I, I I'm a Liverpool fan, and he. I just remember watching him like he, even in his younger days um just like he, he was a complete midfielder to me he could do everything he could tackle he could he could spray the ball diagonally he could bring other players into the game he could shoot he could defend he just like like to me one of the like most true complete midfielders and I tr I think I tried to model my game after him when I was growing up I was just like so enamored with the way he played makes sense favorite moment in football or in soccer near in the U.S. now lifting yeah i still call it football but lifting <laughs> the trophy in in 2020 with greenville was probably top for you know just like the feeling of lifting that thing up and all the hard work paying off um was just otherworldly honestly love that most difficult moment um probably losing in the final the first year so so i had to, i mean obviously going through the ups and downs of not finding a team was was tough but getting to where we were in that year the first year and then losing in the final to north texas was hard and then it's cool to, to think that i had my most difficult moment in a final one year and then the next year my most exciting moment as a pro exactly love that time of the year one year later so it's kind of cool it's yeah. kind of a theme of your career though is like the hardship followed by the sweet moments yeah exactly that roller coaster ride what about best advice you've ever received i think going back to no substitute for for work is just like whenever you're resting someone else isn't and I think there's a lot of days where I didn't want to go out and train obviously as you know like some days you wake up you're like I oh, just it's tough I'm not feeling it today but I have to try to get better if I really want this so people tell you know someone told me that there's no every time you're not working someone else is someone else is there to take your spot and I was every time that I thought about that I'd be like all right and I put the beanie on put the hoodie on go outside 
run or go touch the ball or do something. So that, that motivated, motivated me for sure. Favorite place you've lived? I'd probably say Iceland, honestly, just, wow. Cool. It's, it was just so unique. Like I've, I've been very fortunate to love everywhere that I've been. Like I haven't since he was amazing, incredible group of people. Um, just some like one of the most special teams I've ever been a part of. Um, since the town was great, Greenville is amazing, but Iceland was just so unique. And for that to be like my first contract too, is just like kind of opened my eyes up to everything. So I'd, I'd probably say, I'd probably say Iceland. How about favorite place to travel? Hmm. Honestly, Paris was awesome. Yeah, I think I'll, city. I, I had a blast there. Just so, like so much fun. Um, I've been fortunate to go to quite a few places over there for soccer and, and for vacation, but um, Paris was cool. Best player you've ever played against? So when I was in Cincy, we played Valencia in a friendly in the middle of the, in the middle of the season. Incredible. It was like, I mean, I, I can't remember the, the attendance, but I think we had mid, mid, 20,000 to upper 20,000 um, close to 30. I think it was, it was just like, it was unbelievable. And Danny Parejo, if you know who he is, he, yeah. he played Valencia at the time, central midfielder. This guy was just different. I mean, he was, I remember playing in that game and just thinking to myself how like he just made the game so effortless. Like he was just gliding around connecting passes playing balls first time around the corner like it was just like it was it looked so easy for him and I think like that was why I was like this guy's hands down the best player I've ever played against it's just so he just made the game look so easy baller now you've been teasing this guy I feel like for a, a few uh, moments in this episode best player you played with um in Iceland and it's it's not like a hands down decision for me i've been fortunate to play with a lot of, a lot of good guys and a lot of guys he's that, gonna be very upset at his name's not coming next he's just gotta be up there too uh he's a batsman um uh his he's a central midfielder and we played together in the middle nigel quasi and he played in the premier league for 10 plus years in england and when i re referenced him earlier just what he taught me in such a short amount of time of how to play that position was so valuable to me. Um, he was just so, he was just smart and he had, he had all the tools. He, he could do a lot. He could shoot, he could tackle. He was strong. He saw the game multiple steps ahead, which I don't think he did. He saw the game better than any of us did on that team. And, and he was, you know, probably a bit frustrated at times for sure. I remember him being a bit frustrated because he's, he's playing with us and he's like, these guys just don't get it. And <laughs> fair credit to him. He was right. I mean, he, he had played at the highest level in the world for 10 plus years and played, tell me stories about all these guys that he was playing with Peter Crouch, you know, like I can't even, the list goes on, but he, he just, he saw the game so many steps ahead and i think it was it was pretty cool to be next to somebody like that in the middle of the park who taught me so much in such a little amount of time yeah if you weren't a footballer what would you be this is tough 
like I said, I think it'd be tough for me to sit behind the desk. Um, I maybe I'll end up there one day, but coming out of left field, I, I might say chef. Wow. That is coming out wow. of left field. Okay, cool. Yeah, for like DJ or musician, because music mm -hmm. super important to me, but I actually really enjoy cooking and I, I like the ins and outs of like the food scene and like restaurants and I think it'd be a pretty cool experience. Are you also the guy who's on the uh, the DJ? It's about in, to ask that. In the, in the Greenville, are you on the sticks? I can be. I can be. I I I listen to a lot of different stuff, but um, no, we most guys jump on it before I can get on it. So I just let them have it. Nobody's ever done a bad job DJing, so just keep them going. Fair enough. Do you have a favorite book? I don't know if I have a favorite, but I really. I think for me, autobiographies are the most, you know, everyone likes different things, but I think that's my, that's my thing. I just read uh, Green Lights, the Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. I've seen that one, but just like be, seeing the way other people approach life and go about their daily routines and what's inside their mind is like so intriguing to me. And um, especially with Matthew McConaughey, he's such a unique character that, absolutely it's wild to see some of the stuff that's going on up there for him yeah um, but no that kind of stuff i, like I read that. Uh, that one's up there i read the anthony kiedis he's the i think he's the the lead singer for red hot chili peppers okay. i read i read his when i was younger and i just remember being like wow this is this is wild so like because i feel like it's cool like you can learn a lot from from some of these people and the way that they yeah. think Mm-hmm. Or any quote or mantra that you live by. I know you alluded to before with the you can't replace hard work, but maybe something other than that. Other than that, I think, and this is something that I didn't always do, and I don't know if it's necessarily a quote or a mantra, but just like trying to look at things in a positive light, like glass half full. And I don't think I was always that way. And um, especially with the the ups and downs of my career it's it's difficult to do that but um big believer in like manifesting you know like throwing positive stuff out there and and i think what you what you speak about is what you see and the, the way you approach life and um i think that's something that i try to live by is just turn all the negatives into the positives and like i said when one door closes another door opens it's things happen for a reason so so there's no point in dwelling you know, life's too short to dwell so just turn the negatives into positives and and ride the wave like that you know yeah yeah we couldn't have said it any better especially from one door one door closes another one opens that's like the story of your career it's been such a fascinating journey and we're we're super appreciative that you got you came to talk to us and i think so many people get are going to get a lot out of this one and really we just want to say enjoy the time off from the game come back healthy as we as we hope you will and hopefully lift that trophy next year but really thanks again for coming on and and we'll be following i appreciate you guys having me i enjoyed the chat let's do it again special thanks to keegs on that one for setting the the ting in motion um i mean what a story it's one of those like when we were doing the combines i remember like hearing about his story and hearing about him going yeah. to Iceland and hearing about him getting the FC Cincinnati. And it was always like, it was always in the back of that's our incredible, heads. You know, like that's awesome. 
yeah, yeah it's incredible that be, like that's that, awesome that, that like, could, this be, could us. be us that could be yeah. us and hearing all of that but also not hearing like the ups and downs of all of it exactly. is so fascinating to come exactly. back to that story hearing you know just the trials and tribulations and having to go on getting your first professional contract oh wait who are you that didn't mean anything you know what i mean having that kind of moment again Three square ones is very tough on three professional contracts. You know what I mean? Or two professional yeah. contracts, especially on a USL team, you know, and a second tier team in Iceland. Like these are great levels. These are professional full-time levels. And it's amazing to hear his perspective on it and how it's brought him to where he is and how grateful he is for that journey. Because I mean, it's Again, it's so easy to see these things on Instagram and social media about how someone's made it to where they are or just where they are, but you don't really know everything. And that's really yeah. an amazing thing that we heard the success, but we never heard all the other things that came around with it. Um, and it was just amazing. It put that whole story, that those puzzle pieces together. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's fascinating to hear everything behind it because I remember his name and the Cincinnati thing. And... Now hearing what has happened or what happened up until that point is crazy, you know, and we didn't, we didn't, we knew nothing about it. We just said, oh man, that could be us, but that's going to be us. You know, he's, that's a perfect example of D small D3 school played in ice. And now he's got FC Cincinnati, a great team. And meanwhile, there's so much behind that, that if he ever, if he ever gave up and stopped and there were many opportunities that maybe out of a hundred people, 90 of them do, yeah. we would never have heard that story. Now here he is, 32, four, going into his fifth year at Greenville. Already won a championship. I mean, awesome. Yeah, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. And to think like it started out of college, he was grinding for three or four years to get a sniff. Doing, yeah. I mean, it just brought us back too. You know, you hear like the combines, yeah. the invite onlys, the, the you know, non-invites or whatever, the open tryouts. Right. And, the hotels, the paying for the food there, the, the the travel, the travel, all that shit just brings it all back. And I mean, he was really that three, four years of doing that. And to have that pinnacle to get relegated that first year to be back to square one, not getting anything to back to combines. I mean, it's, it's that, I don't know. We come back to it. It's that inner belief, I guess, that not everyone may have or not everyone really gets to, or it's, it's very easy to say this isn't for me. And it's very easy. I think we've all said that at times in those doubt, doubtful moments, it's very easy to go from that and to just go into something else because there are so many setbacks because there was a lot of writing on the wall that it wasn't going to happen. But when you're passionate about something, and you have the capabilities to put the work in and you have the capabilities to put the finance or the effort in. There is not many more excuses. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, his career growing, defines that. Exactly. His career defines that. He threw the absolute kitchen sink at it and look where it's brought him around the world and now into a place where, you know, he's been a leader and played over a hundred games in a growing club. That's, you know, another full-time professional opportunity and, He's lifted a championship, had tears there too, I'm sure. And it's, I love the, not end results, but I love where the path has taken him and having all of those failures, I feel like has really made him appreciate 
all the amazing moments even more, just that even more. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and with that, exciting news, very exciting news. In one week from now, there'll be something coming, finally. December 5th. December 5th, is that the date? That is the date, I believe. It's finally here. If I'm biffing that, if I'm biffing that date, it's the... Three three years later. Three years. Three years <laughs> We've been three teasing years? this for nine years. Yeah, no, it has been three years. But, but it's there. Basically. There. They will be available. We will give you more details. Um, make sure you sign up for the newsletter is what I'll say. For sure. Because you may not get one if you're not yeah. on your shit. That's all. I yeah. mean, we've been teasing this enough. It. And as as Aaron would say with leadership, we just kind of have to let our action speak after this. So you'll see it. It'll be there. It's on the way. It's ready to go. And just be ready yourselves. After all this time, we're putting it back exactly. on you. <laughs> so until and next free, time. And free support. And Don't free forget support. the free support. Exactly. Yeah, plug exactly. and pass, exactly. plug and pass, plug yeah. and pass. Until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine (laughs) 